Are you a student, mentor, or parent that loves robotics? Then you're in the right place. Up-to-date info on all things robotics, this is the RoboZone Podcast with your host, Pete Ekman. Hello and welcome to the brand new RoboZone podcast. For those of the listeners that are new, uh, welcome to the podcast. And those that have been returning from the RoboCode podcast, welcome to our new branding. I've decided to join the RoboZone TV crew and take on the podcast for them and let's see what we can do with it. Recently at Kettering Week Zero, there was a practice competition that went on and I was there and the RoboZone TV crew was there. So I got a couple interviews uh, for you listeners as well as they actually interviewed me. So I hope you enjoy this. After the interviews, we are going to do a roundtable as usual. For this week's episode, we're going to cover the volunteers that run events and the MCs and the referees and FTAs that actually help put an event on because without them, without the volunteers, we wouldn't have a competition to bring our robots to. So let's get to the episode. I hope you enjoy it. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud. If you search for us at soundcloud.com backslash RoboZone podcast, you will find us and you will find us on iTunes if you search for RoboZone podcast. So let's get to the episode. I hope you have fun. All right, we're back here at Kettering University. It's kind of the zero test, the the trial run for a lot of these teams as they get ready to compete in this season called Steamworks. It is First Robotics of Michigan. I'm Lauren Plant, and I'm joined by Clinton Bollinger, who is of the robot space, but he is also of a very important uh, team that uh, has had a lot of success, has had, you know, its challenges like a lot of teams have had. We're talking about the engineers compete out of uh, Grand Blank, so not far from here. Um, so first off, uh, Clinton, it's it's a new season, you know, so you, you forget about last yep. year, right? Talk about, uh, you know, w- what's taken place over the last several weeks as you've gotten ready for this new challenge. Lots of prototypes. Lots and lots of prototypes. Uh, this game's going to be exciting. Uh, you're going to have a lot of fuel, uh, game pieces flying through the air, high-speed collisions. It's going to be a fun game. Like I said, a lot of prototypes. Students working hard to try to make up for last year's season and make it a little bit better this season. Yeah. And there's kids now involved, right? You've got kids on the playing surface, yeah. which is different, interacting with the robots. Talk about the uniqueness of that. So it's, it's like the first time that they've ever, ever actually taken humans and put them on the field where the robots are. So it's a really cool interaction between the robots that they have to interact and make sure that their mechanisms are working with the humans on that platform. It'll be really exciting. They'll have the best seats in the house. So everybody always has their strategies, especially going in on, on how they're going to uh, attack. You know, some say, you know, be great at everything. Some say kind of focus on one. Uh, right now, since you really haven't gotten into the game, is it something you think you're going to have to uh, concentrate on one particular uh, aspect of the game that you think will be the, the best in terms of results? Uh, yeah, I, I think our team took that in consideration this season. Uh, we wanted to make sure we focused on fuel and scoring into the boiler uh, because there's an opportunity to get that ranking point right at the beginning of Autonomous. So hopefully our team's going to be able to pull that off this year. However, we gave up some other areas where we can't pick gears up off the ground, right? But the season can always change. We might find that's a priority. We might make some upgrades later on in the season. Right, because there's always something yep. like I remember during a Recycle Rush where they invented those arms that could reach out, you know, those telescoping arms, and there's always something in the middle that, that kind of like changes the game a little bit. Um, what about uh, this robot that you guys have built? 
Uh, like I said, uh, the robot really it, it went together. It looks real nice. We got all powder coated, sponsors on the side of it. Uh, it looks good. It's working real well right now. Like, uh, like I said, we're going to compete in week two at Kettering. We'll see what happens. You don't know until you put it on the field and actually start running the machine. But it looks like it's going to be a really good season. Do you guys think that you will do more than one district? Uh, we're actually doing three districts this season. We're doing Kettering 2, Troy, and Shepard. And then hopefully we'll make it to the Michigan State Championship this season. Absolutely. And now, you know, it's kind of, uh, there's going to be more teams than ever at Saginaw Valley State. How excited are you for that? Oh, I'm, I'm really excited. More teams, more robots, more matches. Couldn't ask for anything else. Clinton Boldinger, thank you very much. Thanks, man. Good luck to the engineers. We'll see you on RoboZone March 12th. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Kettering University. And we are just on the precipice of beginning the third season of RoboZone. I want to tell you right off the bat, we've got a new time, kind of a little, a little bit of the same thing as last year, except now it's its own independent show on Fox Sports Detroit, 9.30 a.m. beginning Sunday, March 12th. We'll cover the entire First robotic season here in the state of Michigan. Joining me right now, of course, he's a man, Jim Zondag of, of the Killer Bees fame. And we are out at the Zero Week, which is kind of the test run for the robotic season. And first off, uh, Jim, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. We just got done six weeks of aggressive robot building. We've got about 20 teams in the house here today. Going to practice at this week zero scrimmage for the first time playing Steamworks. Right. So, so kind of give the uh, layman an understanding. What is Steamworks? Steamworks is a is a head-to-head -head robot game. We're playing three versus three uh, robotics again on a 50-foot field. We are basically the objective of the game is threefold. You have to collect gears. They're these 12-inch plastic gears and uh, and hang them on pegs and load them into the airship, which is this big construction in the middle of the field. You have to shoot fuel balls, which is, uh, there are hundreds of them. It's a real big change this year. There's 600 balls in the game. They're like so, wiffle balls. Like wiffle balls. They're five-inch wiffle balls. And some of these robots can really shoot like a fire stream of these wiffle balls into a device that's called the boiler. It's kind of like a basketball hoop in the corner of the field. It's red versus blue. And then at the end game, there's a climbing rope. There's three climbing ropes on each of the airships. And uh, you can climb the rope for 50 points at the end of the match. Yes, yeah, so this has a very H G Wells kind of time machine, you know, uh, uh, hearkening back to the the days of the Hindenburg, and you know, we, we see a lot of television shows now that that kind of offer up this kind of like unique kind of lemony snickets, you know, kind of cool stuff. Um, but what has been, um, you know, first off, what's been the the most challenging thing of building the robots? Because these look significantly different than a year ago. Yeah, it's a totally different challenge. The big challenge this year, I think the, the real difficult challenge is shooting the fuel balls. The target is pretty small. It's less than two feet in diameter. And the balls are actually not worth very much. So last year, you know, a good robot would shoot eight to 10 balls. This year, a good robot has to probably shoot 100 to 150 balls. So making a robot that can shoot, you know, five to 10 balls per second, uh, is a challenge that we've never done before in over 20 years of building FIRST robots. Wow. And what you were saying is, are these things, can they get out of control and all of a sudden they're heading into the stands? Oh, I expect there will be wiffle balls flying out of the field on a regular basis in this game, so it'll be kind of exciting. All right, so a little bit of a contact sport for the uh, participants and the spectators this year. Um, what, what's going on in the middle? What's going on in, in the airship? Because I know that's where a lot of the key things happen. Yeah, so the airship is a new thing this year. We've never had uh, 
participants on the field before. So this is a, a de departure for first. So there's actually two human players on the airship. Right. One of the goals of the game is to bring the gears to the airship and load them onto pegs on the airship. So after the robots deposit them on the scoring pegs, the human players have to lift them up into the airship and then place them on the pegs. And there's basically four tiers of scoring which get progressively harder. You need more and more gears to achieve each, each tier. Uh, the maximum is 12. If you can do a total of 12 gears, you can light up all the propellers on the airship. And uh, that's the biggest bonus that you can get. I have no idea what you just said. That's very wonky, but that's okay. And you know what? I think it's going to be something we've got to see and feel to believe. They're going to be doing some test runs here, and obviously it gets going next week. Um, just real quickly as we wrap up, talk about how the sport has grown, how many schools are involved now, and the, just the involvement and the intelligence of these kids and working with you guys. Yeah, it really is pretty amazing. We've been doing this since the very beginning, 22 years ago when FIRST Robotics first came to Michigan. Uh, and there were just a couple of teams in the state. This year we have 454 competing teams in the state of Michigan. We have more than anywhere else in America or in the world right here in Michigan. And we're going to be hosting a total of 23 events this coming year. Yeah. And we've got over 10,000 participants now competing in this sport. Uh, and it's it's... It's quite incredible because when we started it, it basically didn't exist. And now, actually, we've, we've surpassed the sport of hockey in terms of high school participation. So this has grown into a varsity sport in its own right over the last 20 years. No doubt about it. And we have a new state finals venue. Talk about that. Yeah, so the state finals this year is a, a big step forward for Michigan. So we're going to have 160 teams at Saginaw Valley State University uh, in the second week in April. We're going to have four divisions, four playing fields under one roof at the biggest event ever held outside of the World Championship. So it really is going to be a new step forward for the state of Michigan in the sport of FIRST Robotics. Right. And somehow we're going to have to figure out a way to bring that all to you live as we did last year. It is going to be an immense challenge for both the production team and, of course, the teams that are competing. Well, we're just getting ready to get going. Remember, RoboZone starts up once again on Sunday, March 12th. We'll be on every Sunday for seven weeks, including the hour show talking about the state finals that begins on Sunday, March 12th at 9.30 a.m. Jim Zondag, Dan Kimura back in the house. We'll get these guys back on the set and we'll just kind of, we're going to take a little bit of a different approach this year and how we do it, but I think it's going to be really exciting. Great for you guys and uh, I just can't wait to do it again. I'm excited to be back, Lauren, and another great season of FIRST Robotics is about to start. All right, and hopefully he'll have his voice back for the, yeah, uh, for the no set. Doubt. So, All right, well, thanks, Jim. All right, we'll see you on Sunday, March 12th. All right, back here at Kettering University, we're at the Zero Test Week. This is the kind of uh, prelims before the actual robotics competitions get going next week. And so we are joined by Goodrich, and if you know Goodrich Robotics, you know there's Martians and you know there's more Martians. And Pat Major is a part of both of those squads. And first off, um, Pat, just uh, talk about real quickly just how exciting it is to start another season. Oh, it's it's great. I love the fact that they've started to theme the competitions. And this year, the steampunk theme is just great. Couldn't be better. Right. I know. I was saying to uh, Jim Zondag that we were talking to not too long ago, I was talking about how it has this kind of H.G. Wells kind of vision to it. That's absolutely true. And, I mean, that's the type of things that engineers, kids that are interested in building things, that's it. H.G. Wells did it many years ago. That's so. right, exactly. We're expecting the Zeppelins to take off at any moment. Um, so first off, you've been at this for a long time, and it, and it must be 
uh, extra satisfying for you to see how it's grown. But talk about the early days and how you got involved in, in this. It is. I got involved in 1999 when Baker College here in Flint had a Boy Scout Explorer post. And if you know about Boy Scout Explorer posts, they're always about a particular subject. They had theirs on engineering. And one year they decided, we're going to try this first competition. So they sent out letters to all the high school students in Genesee County saying, come join us and build this robot. So we did that, had a lot of fun. The following year, my son brought the robot back to Goodrich High School, did a demonstration, and we started a team in 2000 at Goodrich High School. And talk about the evolution of the Martians. Oh gosh, the evolution of the Martians. We started then, in 2003, we came in second at the world competition. So 2004, we said, boy, this year's gonna be a disappointment because how are you gonna do better than that? And lo and behold, 2004, we won the world competition. So that was fabulous for us. Made the team grow at school. Everybody likes a winner. We got to the point where we had almost 50 kids on the team and we're just a small high school. Um, team 70 had a single mentor. The mentor was retiring. So we asked Kettering if they'd be interested in supporting Team 70 if it came to uh, Goodrich. And they said yes. So we then had, we were the first school in the country to have two teams at our school, right. at a school. And I know a lot of this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Kettering getting involved. And, and, and it was, uh, this place looked vastly different a long time ago. Kettering has, has been unbelievable. For many years, this facility that we're standing in, the first community center, which is the first of its kind in the country at a university, um, it was an old gymnasium that was not being used for years. It ended up being storage. They had desks and cabinets and file cabinets, things all over the place. And they used to allow us to clear out a little space on the floor, roll out some carpet, bring our robots in here and practice. The ceiling was leaking at the time. It, it was just wasn't being used. And so when Bob McMahon, Bob McMahon became the president of Kettering University, he could see the vision that we had talked about for years, which was to create a first community center here. And Bob Nichols, who leads it, has been huge and you can see how great this is. Great for the community, great for the teams, and great for Kettering. All right, well then, as we wrap it up, talk about Steamworks, the, uh, you know, what you're excited about and what's really gonna be the big challenge for you and you guys. I like Steamworks this year because there are multiple challenges. Some years, there's just one challenge, shoot a ball or, or do one or two things. This year, you have to be able to pick up a gear, you have to be able to hang the gear, you have to be able to hang your robot from a rope. You have to be able to pick up balls. You have to be able to shoot balls. So there's five different operations that you have to try and get your robot to do. Some people try and do one thing really well. The philosophy on my team has always been, we're going to do them all, and we're going to do them all really well. Right, absolutely. How excited are the kids for this? Oh, the kids are ready to rock. They're out there now, and I want to go watch them. All right, you got it.
You do that. Pat Major, Thanks. thank you very much. Thank you. We'll see you on Sunday, March 12th. I want to thank RoboZone TV again for providing the audio from those very valuable and insightful interviews they did with some of the first leaders of teams around the Michigan area. To end this podcast, I have a pretty good and funny roundtable interview. Alex Farah, who's a Frog Force alumni, a first volunteer since 2009, and a current FTA. We have Andrew Spies, who is a lead mentor for Trucktown Thunder, and Nick Clark, who's an engine nerd alumni and also a master of ceremonies. And finally, Joel Hurd, who is a 470 Grizzly Robotics alumni and a game announcer. I hope you enjoy the roundtable. Don't forget to subscribe, and thank you for listening to this week. My name is Alex Farah. I'm an alumni with uh, Prog Force Team 503 out of Novi. Currently for first, I'm a first technical advisor. What I'm looking forward to this season is I think it's like last year. It looks really interesting from the audience standpoint, and I hope that this is a good way for us to be able to hook a lot more people into being able to come out and want to see the uh, game, be able to get a lot more people interested in coming to first. All right. My name's um, Andrew Spice, and I'm uh, currently the team leader at Trucktown Thunder Robotics out of Brandon and Holly High School. 2016, I was privileged to be nominated as the Woody Flowers Award nominee for Michigan State. Um, and got to compete at the national level, which was really awesome. I run an entire K-12 program here at Brandon Schools, kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade, and I spend a lot of time working with programs in the area to start teams and get people excited about robotics and have more kids get involved. I'm also an uh, online instructor for Michigan Virtual School, and I teach math and computer science for them. So as my full-time position, that's what I do. And then at night, I spend here at the shop working with all these awesome kids. <laughs> nice. And building robots. Don't forget about that, right, Andrew? Oh, yeah. We built a few of those. <laughs> okay, Joel, you're next. All right. My name's Joel Hurd. Uh, I'm formerly of Team 470. Just up until last year, I was the business and chairman's mentor for Team 66 and 470, helped guide them through their rebranding and uh, winning a chairman's award at MSC. Since then, I've taken a step back from the team side of things, but I'm still maintaining a game announcing position on the volunteer level. So the thing that I'm really looking forward to most this season is being able to approach this year's game from kind of an outsider's perspective. I haven't been, you know, in the trenches all season. So I really, I'm going to get to evaluate it kind of and see how it evolves without having a preconceived notion of how it's supposed to be played. Nick, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, hello, my name is Nick Clark. I'm an alumni of team 2337, the Nerds, out of Grambling, Michigan. I am a freshman in college. I'm currently attending Central Michigan University for a major in marketing and logistics. What I'm excited for this season, I really haven't been working with any teams. Obviously, I go check out a bunch of teams. My mother is the head mentor for Team 6086 Ignition from Mount Morris High School. So I get to see like how other teams how they're building their robots, but I'm excited to see what other teams are doing as well. So I want to welcome all you guys for attending tonight, especially tonight. It's a Monday night. You know, we just got done with Kettering Week Zero for those that attended that. Build season is not done. It's never done. But, you know, bag time is is a reality now for us. So we have to really focus on what we're going to do with our bots from here on out. So thank you guys for taking time out of your night and uh, your busy schedules to attend uh, this taping. So the first question I have for you guys is related to like week zero activities. Um, Andrew, I don't know if your team was, did you guys do anything with week zero? Unfortunately, we weren't able to get out to any place this year um, due to some, some build issues back at our shop, not having something to take with us. But I was able to watch 
and get some. Uh, I do it every year. I watch some of the week zero events that are online, like the sh- um, the shakedown up in Suffield. Mm-hmm. And it, they went over in England this year, which was pretty neat. So I've actually got to spend some time watching online um, and watching matches. That's kind of what I do pretty much every year. We really build right down to the wire. So getting out during week zero is tricky. Um, but I do, you know, usually will play, um, try to have something playing at the shop or I'll be watching things at night or anything I can get online that I can watch to see what's going on. What was nice is the one over in England was playing late into the evening because of their time zone difference. So it was nice because I got to leave my shop and I was able to go home and watch some of that, which was neat. It was nice seeing some of the, uh, um, how the, kind of the robots were interacting on the field. Um, being a drive coach for my team, um, I'm always watching for how, how the game's going to play out, um, what teams are going to do, where they're going to go first. Um, and every week when you compete is a little bit different. Um, so as the season goes on, I'm going to be watching constantly. Andrew, if you had one one thing that when you watch those Week Zero Special in England as a drive coach, can you tell us one thing that you're really, really going to key on or the key observation you made by watching that event? Probably the most key one I made was gears. Um, watching those gears on the on the springs, if they don't get that gear way up on the spring up towards the, the actual airship, if they get it more on the end of the spring, that's going to fall off the front of that spring. So, and, I, and I've read you know, I've read a few uh, other people observations online that have also confirmed that, that if you don't get that gear right up on that spring, it's going to fall right down on the field and be in everybody's way, including your own when you're trying to go back to that spring again. So I think teams, if they really focus on making sure that that gear is up on that um, really well, um, that's going to be a lot of help and really giving some thought into making sure that that gear stays on there. Alex, did you get to uh, get involved in any of the Week Zero activities this year? So Week Zero, I was at the Kettering event the entire time for the Week Zero that we had there. And then I also got to uh, watch online the Week Zero, the official one that first hosts every year. So what do you what do you think from an FTA perspective? What do you think the key observation that you made was? Uh, so at least from a volunteer standpoint, just making sure that everyone's on top of getting the field uh, prepped for that next match as fast as possible to be able to get that turnaround time uh, low so that way we can get through the matches without staying till a ridiculous time uh, like we do pretty much at the beginning of week ones anyway. We're really going to feel for you this year. You guys are – you. we have to give it to you now. I, I give you all the respect for doing that because it's going to be a nightmare when it comes to fuel. Joel, what do you think the key observation you made? I know we saw each other at Kettering Week Zero. What do you think the key observation you made was? Well, uh, looking at the field, you know, the, the, the Kettering Community Center doesn't have really great sight lines uh, from a spectator's point of view, but I was able to see that – uh, the airship this year plays a really big challenge in being able to communicate with your human players. There was a lot of glass banging going on between teams and, and just being able to really make sure that you have that plan set out. And especially with teams that are you know younger or a little bit more inexperienced, making sure that they understand the rules, when things need to happen, and really just making your human player uh, run smoothly. That's going to be really key to success. Uh, do you agree with them, Nick? What do you think the the biggest thing that you saw this weekend was? So obviously when we look at the game, first thing I look at, I was a driver for two years. So looking back at other games such as 2015-2016, uh, vision is a huge problem uh, in both of those games. And I think that this year is actually the worst year for vision. That airship is right in front of the middle driver station. And I was talking to a bunch of my friends who are driving the robots this year, and they're saying that it is impossible to see over that 
airships. So the, I think the biggest thing for a lot of teams this year is to try and find a way to get that vision. Cameras on robots is going to be really big and really big advantage. Another thing that FIRST did this year was they, they no longer allow us to put GoPros on a stick and put them up above so that we can get a full field image onto our driver station. That was a big part of last year's game. They're not allowing that this year. I think that that vision for the drivers is going to be really key and how people deal with that. Right, and Nick, I was going to bring up that point too, that that rule change that they did this year. I mean, if anyone looks at a game footage from last year, especially from behind a, a drive team, you saw a lot of GoPros up in the air, and they had to watch how far they came up above the glass, but still they're trying to get uh, an advantage or not an advantage, but just see where they're going. And this year, you're right. How do you guys think, and we'll start with you, Andrew, how do you think the season's gone thus far? You know, this game is a lot different than last year's game. You know, they throw, they're throwing a lot of different objectives at us. So do you, so do you think uh, people are more nervous about this year? Do you think it's going to be more competitive? Um, our team's going to be more evenly matched, say a rookie team to an experienced team. How do you think this season's going thus far? I'm glad you asked because I've been thinking about that a lot. Um, watching a lot of the robots come out with some of those reveal videos that are coming out, there's a lot of robots to me that generically look a lot the same. Um, I've noticed a lot of them are making the the big square bot with an intake on the front. Now, when you, when you no, no, those are experienced teams that are able to pull out a reveal video, right? So if you start thinking about the rookie teams and that sort of thing, I got a feeling um, there's going to be a lot of them struggling with getting the fuel in the top of the boiler um, and actually shooting consi- consistently. Unless they've got a flywheel on the robot, they're going to struggle with keeping that speed up and be able to get a stream of balls in to get a lot of balls in or fuel. To me, I see a lot of teams should be able to pull off that gear. They might have to do a little extra work, maybe at competition, making sure that that gear stays on the um, on the spring. But I think every team should be able to do that, um, including rookie teams. And now I'm being – I could be completely wrong. Uh, but I, I will do everything I can to help a team make sure that that gear gets on and they can do it. Um, there's no reason why a team couldn't come up with a mechanism, even a passive mechanism, to get that gear out of that chute and getting it over onto a spring. There's a lot of mecha that they can do to do that. So contributing to a match this year, I think, is going to be – it's a really good year for rookies in that way. Picking up fuel from the ground is a little tricky. It can it can be done quite simply. One thing I would point out is we we strictly focused on having a year that we did everything as simple as possible. And we really strive for that this year, and it really paid off. We pick up the fuel quite easily, um, and I think it's pretty easy to do that if you don't overthink it. Um, we also didn't focus on moving the fuel around too much. So once we pick the ball up, it's in our hopper, and then it's shooting out. We didn't try to move the balls around or the fuel around our robot or up with some kind of conveyor or anything like that. So we try to keep it very simple, um, and I would you know, highly recommend and that's. I think what, how this game is going to be easy for maybe some rookie teams to kind of contribute to. I have talked to, I've met with a couple teams um, that are a little newer first, and a lot of them are struggling with how to how to maintain that constant speed on their shooter and having that. You know, I, we're actually I think working with a team right now to help them make a flywheel for their shooter so that they can get that consistent speed and keeping the speed up on their shooter. So I think if the, if a team can focus on just getting an autonomous to score some points and getting some gear up on a spring, I think you can be an average team. I really do. I think 
if you can consistently put a gear up there all the time, um, that'll help a lot. But when it comes to fuel, uh, a team that can put 120 balls in that boiler by themselves, that's a huge advantage of ranking points. So there's, I think our top-level teams are going to be ones that are able to get that ranking point and be able to stay up there on top. Um, but there's nothing to say that they're not going to be looking – I mean, they're going to be looking for someone that can do gears um, and doing them very consistently. So I think it's a really good year for a rookie team to get out there and get those gears on there. If you can do five to eight gears on your own and that's all you can do, you're going to be really, really valuable to an alliance. I think defense is going to be a huge part this year. And those rookie teams, they can go out there and play defense. Defense is something that you really don't have – you just know how have to know – strategically how to block someone not necessarily your shooter or not necessarily picking the balls up off the ground but if you prevent someone else from scoring um, that's taking ranking points away or blocking them from putting the gear on is taking ranking points away so I think that's one good thing that rookie teams can focus on Alex from a FTC perspective or FTA perspective what do you think season's going thus far that's a very good question the season I think is going pretty well average compared to how it's been going in the previous years what about like field setup you know it looks like when we got there to kettering week zero the field was just starting to be put together and that's what you guys are going to do this coming wednesday because i know we're we're one of the host teams along with you so we're sending kids to help you set that stuff up but uh, i think the field just the field you know put Putting the field together, making sure everything works is going to be a challenge, isn't it? Yeah, and especially with the very first week when we do it with the field for the very first time, uh, the big challenge with that is there's a lot of things that don't come already assembled that we have to make sure are put together and working properly versus uh, weeks later on where it's uh, half the stuff is already pre-assembled and we just bolt it back into place or do whatever we do with it. But especially with the very first week, it takes a little bit longer to be able to put the whole field together and make sure everything's working properly. And as well as with pretty much every week one that I've ever been to in my past seven, eight years volunteering, there's always something that pops up at the week one events that puts us a little bit behind schedule uh, for building. These events are always really long, right? And we already kind of addressed the fuel on the ground and how we need to, as, as, I'm sure Andrew and myself as mentors, we need to keep it in our minds that the matches may get a little behind, but just to remember that there's all that fuel and all that work that has to be done to reset the the field so that the next match can happen. That's something that team leaders, all the kids that are involved are really going to have to you know, understand, have a lot of respect for FTA and for volunteers because they are volunteers and it's going to be kind of a nightmare for them this year. So there's a lot of a lot of game pieces that have to be put back in their places. So Joel, how do you think the season's going thus far? From let's say from a uh, a game announcer perspective, are you just psyched? You're ready to go? <laughs> I mean, are you biting at the bit to get out there and start announcing and waving flags? I mean, how do you think the season's going oh, thus far? I don't know if people want my opinion from a game announcer perspective. This game has so much terminology that is uh, very hard to relate to. Uh, the crowds, and also very hard to say. Uh, for example, kilopascals. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they they did not make it easy on us, that's for sure. Uh, but I'm definitely excited uh, to see how this game uh, turns out. I, I think it's very similar uh, to last year in terms that 
uh, we're going to see like the majority of the po points the first couple weeks uh, really come from like the the gears is what I'm thinking. Like we saw uh, a lot of points come early from the the defenses, whereas later on uh, we're we're going to see like the real differentiator be the shooting. Um, I, I think this game really harkens back to 2014 uh, in the sense that there's a lot of wide open spaces and a lot of potential for some uh, higher speed knock aroundery, if you will, uh, which should make it definitely fun to watch and definitely fun to call. Um, I, I know 2014 wasn't everyone's favorite game, but I certainly loved watching it just because uh, you really got to see strategy on the, the broad open field and you really got to see big hits and interaction between the robots. So basically what you're saying is going to be like robotic demolition derby is what's going to come on. I mean, I, I never want to say that, but we have a lot of boxes full of balls with wide open tops. And I think you're going to see some balls fly. That's all. <laughs> That's a good way to put that. Good way to put that. Nick, do you agree with Joel or how do you think the season's going this this year from a master of ceremonies perspective? Uh, for a master of ceremonies perspective, um, I mean, I'm kind of happy because... I want. I'm trying to find different ways to use the airship to uh, announce teams and try and get some fun in FTA's uh, discretion advised. But you know, <laughs> working looking looking back at like the season and whatnot, I want to go back to something that I believe Andrew was talking about earlier about uh, rookie teams and how they were uh, working. So I mentioned earlier that my mom is the head mentor for Team 6086, and they suffered from something called sophomore sophomoreitis is the term that we throw around. Uh, Team 6086, a little bit of background, they were the backup bot that was brought in for the number two alliance at the Michigan State Championship. Uh, they played in finals match two and match three, and they ended up winning the Michigan State Championship. So they kind of have a very high um, high ceiling, so to say, a lot of expectations from a lot of teams. And so they tried to do something very, they, they, they went away from something that they did last year, which was be simple. They had just an intake last year that could go over all the defenses, and that's all they did. And they were very successful at doing that, where this year they tried to do everything where they tried to score gears and they tried to pick up the balls from the ground and shoot them into the high goal. And so luckily, uh, as of two hours ago, they got their shooter and feeder mechanisms working, but they definitely struggled this year from that. But you're right. When you win something like that, certain expectations may be held against your team where you, you want to meet that challenge because it, when it comes down to it with, you know, alliance selection, it's name recognition. It's how you performed. It's your past. And having a, a sophomore team that is a state championship is rare. So I, I hope they pull it together. I'm, I'm rooting for every team this year. So I, I hope that they get everything going and they can be competitive this year. So the next question I have for you guys is, is how much do you like volunteering? I know, Andrew, you're, you're a mentor, so you volunteer for your team, right? But how much do you guys, how involved are you guys with volunteering? I mean, is it something that you just can't wait to get to? Um, or is it something that you wait for this certain time of the year that you, you know, your blood gets racing and you're ready to go kind of like a sports team in a certain season? Andrew, are you ready to go? I how excited are you? Well, um, volunteering to me isn't a, a multiple faceted thing, right? So um, everything from volunteering with my team to volunteering at an event. Um, I'm commonly known for MCs and announcers to jump in and give them a lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always, and I'm always excited to do that. Uh, I can never really commit to an entire two days 
um, which is which like uh, I really wish like I I go back and forth sometimes with the volunteer coordinators like what can I do to help but I got to be at my team be with my team on Saturday so I get pulled um in two directions so I'm actually taking my team up to Kettering on Saturday for scouting um and I'll probably try to jump in and announce a few matches if they'll let me just to kind of uh get a feel for the game plus give them a break cuz I know by Saturday about noon they're going to want to have a lunch break right. and have a little break from announcing and it gives me a little I walk in with a purpose right like uh, I announce I'm in the building uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just the way I am right like I'm fired up I can't wait to get there so um like I walk in I'm like hey guys I'm here like it's just I'm I'm fired up to get to events to volunteer and work with these kids it's a really it's an inspiring experience and I'm working on these kids to um just become these great leaders that I know they can be um and it's always a passionate struggle and i live for coming doing it i eat breathe and sleep it i do it year round all of my i got three kids on the high school team and i just had a baby and i just signed up for 18 more years of first so <laughs> guys aren't rid of me anytime soon so uh um, I, I just I absolutely live for it. And I, I'm a lot like you, Andrew. I'm, I I think I yelled boom shakalaka last year as soon as I entered the, the threshold for Michigan State Championship. And I had a I had a green lacrosse helmet on that's painted in the same color as, as the Martians. But I was, I was ready to go. Alex, the same question I have is going to be different from Andrew. And it's for you, Joel, and Nick. Because you guys are, are as much as we're coaching our teams – you guys are out there running around. So, Alex, I'm going to start this question with you. How did you get ready for the season? What was your cardio, you know, schedule that you got going? Did you start running? Are you ready to go? Do you have a blood pressure monitor on you to make sure that your blood pressure is okay? I mean, how how are you getting ready for this season? Uh, so basically, the same way that uh, we do every year, we start out with in January. A couple weeks after they release the game, uh, all the FTAs and us, we go out to First HQ for the weekend, and they uh, teach us pretty much everything that we need to know for the game specifics of this year. And then on top of that, uh, just helping out the team of all the volunteers that we have uh, go out and uh, load the trailers, get them all packed, figure out how we're going to do that, and then as well as watch uh, like the week zeros or go to the week zeros and actually help participate in those to be able to get uh to get in back into the mode of uh of uh being able to get to the event and uh and uh go through the entire event without having to pass out in the middle of it i know last or saturday was a wide wake-up call getting up at 6 a.m to drive all the way up to kettering but uh uh that's basically how i get into uh being able to do that joel are are you do you do the same thing? I mean, do you, are you out there running around Kettering? Because I know you're a Kettering student. You're out there running around the campus to get ready, get the cardio up there, so we don't saw so you. You know, we don't want to see you fall flat on your face on the field. You know, in the middle of announcing something, are, are you making sure you're getting enough electrolytes in your system at this point? I'm actually taking a different approach this year. I, I uh, started doing a grooves dance class on Monday nights. I'm actually missing it right now to to record the podcast, but you know, working on my my dance moves so I can uh, help entertain the crowds when when Nick can't do it all. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> overall, I gotta say, uh, I, I, it does really excite me to to volunteer in this capacity. You know, I did a marketing and, and game presentation internship with the Detroit Red Wings uh, back in the 2004. 
2013-2014 season. And that was really my onus to start volunteering on the first side of things in, in this larger capacity because I wanted to bring that type of, uh, I guess, majesticism or uh, reverence for the memories that you can make with people into the robotic side of things, you know. For the longest time in FRC, your your MCs and your game announcers were kind of clowns. Uh, they dress up in in wacky clothes, and and I wanted to bring a much more professional, uh, cool aspect to it. Um, so so really, you know, like I, I was able to announce the the winning match at States last year, and I put so much, you know, almost choreography into how that that match goes from start to finish be it the the announcing of the scores or the build-up or you know panning of the crowd just to really generate that vibe in the arena that's conducive to making memories with people and uh that's really why i'm here week after week is because i love making memories with people nick are you approaching it the same way joel is or do you have your gamesmanship ready to go i know you were pretty animated last year when i saw you announcing uh i can't wait to see what's going to happen this year but are you ready to go yeah definitely i've definitely uh worked on some things that i want to say one of the things i do before every event is i look at teams histories like awards and different things because i like to announce different awards and achievements that teams have done in previous years because that kind of adds a little bit more to the introduction of a team so i'm definitely doing all that i just got done with my kettering week one uh i call it my pre-mc assignment so i got done with all that for kettering week one and i'm started on the ann arbor event for week two uh one of the things that i've been doing is i've been working out every day i'm currently training for an ironman for the summer so swimming biking and running all all the time it's super fun and hopefully i don't pass out on the field like some other mcs have been doing Uh oh uh, I think you are you calling Joel out? Is that what that was? Yes, of course. <laughs> oh God, I love the camaraderie. Uh, we haven't had that yet on the podcast, so I like the name, the calling out. So that was set up that was set up really well for Saturday. I mean, we're only a couple days away. You know, starting Friday. Well, if you guys are calling each other out now, I mean, basically that's going to start Thursday. And I'll be there, so I can't wait to hear the trash talking. I'll just carry a yeah. recorder around with me, and then I'll just bring it into the podcast later on as, you know, week one observations type of stuff. So, so Andrew, kick us off. Tell us about uh, yourself, where we can follow your team at. And then the last thing I want each of you guys to tell me, what is the most important rule we're going to have to follow this year? Wow, the most important rule we're going to have to follow, I think, is going to be the new purple light rule. Um the new purple light rule that that says that no one goes on the field because it's too dangerous and there's too many fuel on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) But tell us where you're from, Andrew. My name is Andrew Spies. I'm from uh, truck town Thunder robotics, first team 68 out of Brandon and Holly high school. Um, We're excited to compete this year. We're going to be at Ann Arbor, um, Lansing, Marysville. um, And hopefully we'll see you guys at the state championships and possibly even down in St. Louis. You'll also, uh, you can find us on Facebook at Trucktown Thunder. Um, we have a website, trucktownthunder.com. We're on Twitter, T3 underscore robotics. You can find us all over the place. We're excited. We can't wait to see everybody out there. Connect with us. Come see us. And we can't wait to see you, Andrew. So thank you for attending us tonight. Alex, you're next. Well, Andrew stole my rule that I wanted to bring up, the purple lights. 
I know that's going to be one he's that he's fist pumping a lot right now, Alex. Aren't... You can't see him, but he's fist <laughs> yeah. pumping right now on video. <laughs> but uh, the purple lights is something that I'm sure we're going to see a ton of people not paying attention and just seeing that the lights have turned on so that they're able to go out onto the field. But it's really important to uh, know for safety that we have the green lights that need to come on for a reason before entering the field. Uh, that's basically just one of the biggest safety rules that I think we'll see a lot of teams forgetting at least the first couple of times that it happens. Um, so my name is Alex Farah. I'm an alumni from Frog Force, Team 503, out of Novi, Michigan. Uh, our two events for this season are going to be Woodhaven and Livonia. And then for first, I'm one of the first technical advisors out of the 10 or so of us who will be at pretty much all the or at all the events that you'll be going to this year. Joel, tell us about yourself. So my name is my name is Joel Hurd. Uh, I'm a game announcer for First in Michigan. You can follow me on Twitter at h u r d first. Uh, I think the the biggest and most important rule that's going to come into play this season is is the rule of kiss. Uh, you've got a lot of teams trying to do a lot in a, a little package with the reduced dimensions this year and. You know, overall, you just got to keep it simple, you know? I agree with you, Joel. Nick, tell us about yourself. You're the last one to go. All right. Uh, I guess they saved the best for last, as some people like to say. Uh... <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> I'm not editing that out, by the way. <laughs> I'm so, the one who made you, Nick. <laughs> that is a true statement. I do, I do consider uh, Joel the upper. By the way, our ship name for this weekend is going to be Noel Curd. It's Nick Clark and Joel Hurd put together. Come see us, Kettering Week 1. It's going to be a blast. Anyway, my name's Nick Clark. I think the most important rule for this season is going to be teamwork amongst amongst the alliances, uh, really working together. I know it's not like a set rule, but I think that that's going to be the most important because there's not a lot of rules in this game besides robot dimension-wise. Uh, I'm a freshman at Central Michigan University. I am not getting an engineering degree right now. I'm getting a marketing and logistics degree. I'm going to be at Kettering week one. I'm going to be the MC for the Ann Arbor event. I'm going to be the MC for the Midland event. And I'm going to be game announcing at the Shepherd event this year. All right, guys. Thank you very much for putting your your time aside to do this with us. I look forward to seeing you guys at week one. Thanks for attending tonight. And uh, go build your bot, Andrew. Uh, Joel, Nick, go get some sleep because you got studying to do. Alex, go do some cardio because you're going to need it on Friday. Thanks for listening to the RoboZone podcast with your host, Pete Ekman. Find us online at RoboZoneTV.com and on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. <laughs>